Welcome back to Courtesan Session, Nick. We have a jam-packed episode planned for uh, for the not the debut, but the the return. The episode, yeah, the re- the return. The the first the return episode of the season. Season season two of Courtesan Session. Uh, Nick, you and I were we're busy in the world of NFL gambling, and uh, now we're now we're back into the NBA and. It's where it's where my heart is. My heart's in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, we're transitioning back <laughs> over, and listen, I'm I'm excited because the NBA is fun to talk about. I don't have, I mean, I struggle with the gambling aspect because you never really know with the NBA, <laughs> but uh, it's good to get back talking about the boys on the hardwood. I'll tell you that for sure, for sure. And like I said, we have a jam-packed episode uh, planned, so I guess let's let's get right into it. Uh, I think yesterday, late last night or early this morning, they finalized plans for an All-Star game. Um, I believe it's going to be in Indianapolis, but there's been some backlash, I guess, from the media. I'm not so sure what the players think of it, mm-hmm. but I, I was curious to see what you, what, what your thoughts were. It is in Indianapolis. It is scheduled for February 14th. So we're getting right up on it. God. Th- th- um, so, so they, they approved the NBA all-star game and they say, Hey, just so you guys know, you mm. have 10 days to figure it out. I mean, come on. So that's when it was, that's when it was originally planned. And I'll correct myself here. The oh, okay. NBA and NBA players association agree to hold the 2021 all-star game in Atlanta on March 7th. Okay. And that's All right. There you go. Give, give, give you a CBS. Month giving you a month. Right. So okay. they give you a month, right? And yeah, like I said, I was I was curious to to see what what your thoughts like around this were before I I guess before I give mine. So take take the floor, take the hardwood. I mean, I I was I'm not surprised that they're doing an All-Star game. I'm I'm I, I don't know what took them so long to figure it out. Um, I mean, at least having a game is one thing, but, you know, kind of if they put everything else on the back burner when it comes to the three-point contest, the dunk contest, the uh, uh, the Rising Stars Challenge, Skills Challenge, stuff like that, I mean, I get maybe, you know, skipping out on those just because of what's going on. They want to, mm-hmm. you know, isolate it to one day. Um, honestly, I'd rather see a three-point contest and a dunk contest than just an NBA All-Star game going back and forth. I think those are one of the two most electric <laughs> electric things that you could see. Um <laughs> But, I mean, I'm happy they're doing something for the players. I mean, the players are giving up a whole lot this year, um, especially with everything going on with with the pandemic, uh, you know, being away mm-hmm. from the families and stuff. So I'm happy they were able to reach this deal. Kind of hope they were able to reach it before. Like I said, I don't know why we weren't going to have this in the first place. I think the NBA is actually doing a pretty good job in general of kind of keeping everybody isolated, um, limiting. I think initially they were having trouble with, you know, kind of keeping everybody safe. But now it seems like they're kind of mm-hmm. turning a corner. Everyone's taking it a little bit more seriously. Um and really like the play that, you know, the play that we've seen from these teams and the players has really been nothing short of what I would have expected in general. It's, 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 it's good. I'm excited. It gives a nice little added pizzazz to the year. I, I agree and disagree with you. I, I understand why they want to have it right. Like last year's was so successful with the, mm-hmm. um, with the rule change and it was a fun game and it wasn't just like lobs and dunks and like Mm -hmm. pull-ups from the logo. It was that, but like when the fourth quarter, when like these guys wanted to win, like it picked back up and uh, I believe the game was one on two Anthony Davis free throws, which was uh, a little upsetting, but or one of two, right. Which was a little upsetting, but it, the, the, the game in the fourth quarter was, was really phenomenal. If you recall from last year. Yeah. I mean, um, that's sometimes that's one of the hardest you've seen players just in general, mm-hmm. like professional sports players play in, a, in an mm-hmm. all-star game. Right. And these guys are playing pickup with each other, like in the summer anyway. So like mm-hmm. they have, they, 
like they know like they can turn it up and compete in that kind of setting in a pickup like an organized pickup setting right mm-hmm. um but the the issue i have here is is obviously like the coronavirus pandemic is is still ongoing obviously people are getting vaccinated and it's it seems to be taking a turn here but obviously player safety is is paramount here and if you know they don't do this right it could be a catastrophic failure and we can look back on this and be like why did they like what like what's going on here but mm-hmm. i trust the nba to kind of put um restrictions in place and have the appropriate amount of um no, all the safety you know protocols. i guess protocols yeah there you go it's appropriate yeah. amount of protocols there to to keep the players safe uh the other thing is i'm sure these all-star guys have you know these these nba players they have all-star incentives too, like to 100 percent as a part of their contract so and that's the other thing i saw like name the all-stars but don't make them go to atlanta to play a meaningless game like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't i i don't think it makes much sense to play the game but if the nba is going to put it out there and make it a celebration to the players then mm-hmm. you know who am i to say what they should and shouldn't do you know well, what like, I mean? if like can, what you said with with all a bunch of contract um you know uh what what, what is contract incentives with making the Mm all-star team and and i think it's it's something that the players can rest on too you know oh you know i'm 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 an all-star point guard i'm an all-star center um and then you Mm -hmm. also it also sparked conversations for snubs and stuff like that too Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean it just that's an additive it's an additive uh an added i guess excitement level and competitiveness that i think you you could be lacking i think that they'd be missing Mm -hmm. out on that if you don't have it Cause now these boys are out there playing for us. Oh, shit. You know, I really want to make the all-star team this year. This would be sick, you know? And it's a good reward for a guy like, for a guy like Jalen Brown, who's like been a solid player in this league for like four years now. Right. Mm-hmm. And has been a contributor to a very good Celtics team throughout his entire career. Right. This year he's balling. He's going, he's going and you're, you're the, you're the Celtics fan here, but he's like, I don't know if he's on the same page as Jason Tatum is like a talent wise, you know, perspective, but like right now, like he's playing like it. Right. And that's what matters for all-star voting. It's how good you were in the first half of the year when they were voting for guys. So for a guy like that to get rewarded with the all-star appearance and then actually go and like play in the game when you're Mm -hmm. like, when you're playing defense in an all-star game against like a former teammate Kawhi or, uh, or Kyrie or, yeah. You know, you go across and you see Kawhi or you see LeBron. For a guy like Jalen Brown, who's kind of been like an upper middle class type of player in the league, like mm-hmm. it's great for guys like that. And it's exposure for for casual fans to see, like, oh, who's Jalen Brown? What has he done? Yeah. Oh, Jalen Brown, bang. You know, and yeah, that's how you generate fans. So you talk about players like that, like Jalen Brown, obviously benefiting. Even players like Julius Randle for the Knicks, who's going to benefit. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been a no name. I mean, he came out of college, and you know, his name was obviously highlighted. And he just but kind he of, wasn't what you expected, exactly. And it took him what four or five years to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. And now he's playing for the Knicks, and he's balling. Might as well reward the guy, and he's going to be proud of himself. You know, hell yeah, he's having an All Star season. Let me go and squat up against these guys because I might be shit again next year. But who knows? But mm-hmm. I want to go in ball. Yeah, it's. it's it, I'm glad you mentioned Julius Randle too because I think he's. I think he's deserving, and I guess we'll get into. I guess we could do that next week. We pick all star teams next week. So yeah. first, first segment next week. That's that's called planning ahead. Yes, sir. <laughs> but like you're right, a player like Julius Randle who was with the Lakers and then kind of you know got pushed away from there and was, was with the Pelicans for mm-hmm. a year and then you know back to the Knicks. It's it's or to the Knicks. It's good for a player like that to kind of 
you know, make that rise and be rewarded with an all-star game. We saw it two years ago with D'Angelo Russell in, in Brooklyn, same, like same thing pretty mm-hmm. much. So I, I'm all, I'm, I'm for it if they do it the right way, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But the risk there is extremely high, but the NBA has done relative like compared to other leagues really well. In, yeah. In this and, and they're pandemic, not even doing so. it in a bubble this year too, which is actually really, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. God, I thought they were, I thought they were going to do it this year in a bubble. Uh, the whole NBA season because of the success they had last year. But um, I mean, the beginning of the beginning of the year, they had, a, they were struggling a little bit with, you know, every, with the breakouts and canceling games and postponing. Um, but it seems like they're putting it together and you're right. I mean, player safety is obviously at the forefront of everybody's minds and you want to be safe. You want to make sure people are isolated. No one's getting sick, this and that, um, you know, obviously mm-hmm. no fans are going to be there and all that kind of stuff, but still, I mean, something good to reward these players who maybe are just balling out just because of the way the, uh, uh, the league is set this year and the way the games are being played might as well just reward you at least once. Mm-hmm. I agree. So moving on from the all-star game to all-star level talent, we have Bradley Beal who came out, I think it was, I don't know if he said it. I don't, he didn't say it explicitly, but it was reported that he doesn't want to trade right now. Uh, he's happy in Washington and he's kind of maintained this kind of posture, like in front of the camera, like I want to be a Washington wizard. And I think like we can get everything together, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're struggling this year and he's, the leading scorer in the NBA. So like, it's a tale of two sides here. I, take me through a while. If you're Brad Beal, like what, what's going through your head here? So it's tough. Cause as like a, as, as an NBA fan in general, um, just kind of seeing him, I mean, he scored, I think over 27 points in every game this year. Um, obviously a dude who's just an absolute stud and it's kind of crazy cause he's putting up insane numbers, but the, uh, it's not translating. And in, in the beginning of the year, you know, you see Bradley Beal, there's pictures all over Twitter of him, you know, frustrated on the bench, um, mm-hmm. kind of fed up with what's going on. And I mean, the team's only won five games. So how are you not going to be frustrated? But as a fan, I want to see him off that basketball team. I mean, it's hard to, to not like the player and say, listen, he deserves more. He deserves to get you, uh, you know, to make the playoffs and, and make a huge difference for a team to make mm-hmm. a run championship. Um for the Wizards, I mean, obviously they're going to be happy to retain one of the best players. Uh, I mean, especially this year and best scoring players in the league. Um, do I think he should? Like, do I think he should want out? If I was Bradley Beal, would I want out? Probably. I mean, the Wizards are going to go nowhere for the foreseeable future. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think Russell Westbrook is the answer at the point guard position. Um, they don't really have any other solid pieces to build around. I mean, I don't think Rory Hachimura is really going to be that difference maker where that's going to put this team over the top. Bradley Beal is going to have mm-hmm. to wait another three years or so before this team can maybe contend in, in the East. And even then you're talking about a loaded Nets team, a loaded Bucks team, a loaded Celtics team, a loaded 76ers team. They got to get through. Why not just plus whatever me? other guy gets unhappy in that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, I get, I mean, Bradley Beal's being loyal to the Wizards and, you know, and it works out and I, and I get, you know, you want to be that team guy. You want to, you want to be all for the team. I'm for Washington. I'm mm-hmm. built here. I mean, and then, then you look at what the, the Wizards did to John Wall. They draft John mm-hmm. Wall. They kind of gave him everything and then just kind of dud and let's get you out of here. So yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with the Wizards. Do I, again, do I think Bradley Beal should want out? Yes. If he wants to stay, I mean, Hey, it's his decision. He could sit on the bench and only win 10. I mean, he could score 40 points a game and then they're only going to win 10 games. Uh, that's up to him. Yeah. I mean, Washington is five, like you said, five wins on the year. That's 14th in the East. Um, 
I think they might be on a two-game win streak right now. Their last game, they won 103 to 100 against Miami. I think the game before that was the the game that I tried to erase from my memory as a Brooklyn Nets fan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, No, no, that was they they lost. They lost to the Blazers the week before. It was ah, okay. There was a game in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. There was a game in between. Okay, so listen, if I'm if I'm Washington, right? If I'm Tommy Shepard, their GM. I'm moving Brad Beal. You could get so much value for him. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. And like I said before, you have nobody on that team to build around. I don't even think Russell Westbrook is a person to build around at this point. No. Um, Russell Westbrook is, you know, the the theory coming into this, uh, making the trade for Russell Westbrook was that he's going to at least give you the seventh seed or the eighth seed or uh, this year, the playing game. Right. Mm. But it just, it just hasn't translated so far. They're fourth in points per game but they're last in opponent points per game. Wow. Uh, they're they're the, the fastest. Yeah. No, no, it's not the Nets. Uh, <laughs> surprising. I know. Um, their defensive rating is 28th out of 30th. So there's room for the Nets in that, uh, in that little <laughs> span there, but um, they're the fastest team in the league, but that's mostly because of Russell Westbrook. Right. So they're, you know, their offense is going to be solid because they're the fastest team in the league and they have talent, but those like, obviously those guys aren't defending. So, I don't know. I don't think your defense gets worse without, I guess it can't get worse uh, without Brad Beal. So I, I think, I think they have to pull the trigger and trade him. It, it just That's, seems like the wizards are moving and you know, they're running in place. They've been doing this dance for the past, what, eight years with Bradley mm-hmm. and, and John wall and nothing's happened. There's been nothing going on with them. They had, yeah, they were an Eastern and, and that was finals it. team. Yeah, they were an Eastern Conference Finals team that, like, before John Wall tore his Achilles. But I don't know. I think Washington. I I think a trade market for Brad Beal will net you similar to what the Nets gave for um, James Harden. I don't know if it would be as much, but even if you're getting that kind of return, if you're Washington and there's nowhere to go. And this is the year to tank at the very least with this draft class coming up with guys like Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs coming in. You got to let you got to let go of your best player in this situation. Like pull the trig. Mm hmm. You know, Bradley Beal's been in the league for eight years. <sighs> eight years out of Florida. And how what's he averaging? Twenty five this year or a career career? Twenty one. Nice. But rookie year, yeah. 13, 17, 15, 17. So in 16, 17, 23, and then 22, 25, 30, 34. So he's, I mean, he's a scorer and he has to be, right? But mm-hmm. even if he gets traded and that scoring number goes down, if he goes to like, I don't even know, the Mavericks or something like that, I don't even know what they could give up. But like yeah, Luca but you- and Brad Beal, it would probably... I, I don't even, but that's a team that's struggling that probably would make a panic move or something like that. But I don't even know if they have picks. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't. Who are they trading away picks for? Well, well Kristaps maybe. It was it was Kristaps to the Knicks, yeah. But like, it's it's tough to find a landing spot for for him. I mean, just could, with the with the state of the league. Mm-hmm. But but like you said, this I think this is the time to unload. Um, I don't know how mm-hmm. many how many years does he have left on his contract. I don't know. Um, uh, I can like, I can find that for you if you want to continue your thought. Yeah. So I think 
the contract, his contract uh, length is also going to play, play a huge factor. You, you know, you wait until he has one year left. You're not going to get as much because that's a rental. Now you're renting one of the best players in the NBA. Who's going to try to test free agency and get as much money as he can from who, whatever team mm-hmm. he can, you trade him with three years left on the deal. Not only are you getting that, that money off your books, but you're going to get massive value. So he is getting paid this year and next year. So for the rest of this year, all of next year, and then he has a player option for the 22-23 season. Oh, pull the trigger. Um, uh, or a player option after next season. He's going to he's going to opt out on that. But I mean, I mean, pull the trigger. You highlighted yeah. the net. You highlighted the the Mavericks. I mean, granted, who knows what the Mavericks have, but that would be a pretty good fit. I mean, a team that needs a shooter mm-hmm. like that, or even the even the Milwaukee Bucks, they need a shooter. You know, these teams that need mm-hmm. a shooter, you have a perfectly good one that's just trying to get out. Who can clearly do it himself? Who has played the who who has played the second man role before when when John Wall was playing? He can easily do that. He could be the leading scorer. He's if he if you could play with Russell Westbrook, you could play with anybody. Like I mean, come on. <laughs> I like I like Denver as a fit for him. Looking at this now, and Denver I has so many. Would you give up Michael Porter Jr. and a couple other people? right? And that's the big thing. It's do you think Michael Porter Jr. at any point in his no. career is going to be better than Bradley Beal? No. And the answer is maybe, but I, I wouldn't so. bank on it with his injury history, with his general inconsistencies on the the, the, de- the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if he's anything more than a high volume scorer. Um, no, I mean, defense Michael isn't going to get better, but it's. No. I mean. That's a, you, you trade a good spot. Tra- I think that's a great spot. I mean, Jokic mm-hmm. can do it all, but you know, Jamal Murray needs a little help shooting the basketball. And, and like mm-hmm. you said, Michael Porter Jr.'s inconsistencies and all he really has is his length and his size. And, you know, that's what he kind of got drafted for was his length and his size and the potential. And it just kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, you could put Bradley Beal on mostly any team in the league and you're going to make the team better. Yeah. So, yeah. I like I like Denver as a spot, and that's really the. I'm looking at this is the only fit I see. Maybe Miami if they want to move. I don't know Goran Dragic or something like that, but I don't even know if they get it done. They they like to they like to pearl clutch with their guys. Maybe Toronto if they want to you know bank on a Kawhi type of scenario, different types of players. But I mean, the options are there. The options are there, and and there's teams across the league that I think he would fit really well. I mean, imagine him and imagine him in uh, in, in Oakland with. It, it, with Steph Curry and a healthy Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and you throw Brad Beal in there. I mean, granted, who knows what they could throw in the package? It's probably not named James Wiseman, but um, that's besides the point. Yeah, it would probably be James Wiseman and like their picks for the rest yeah. of eternity. And I don't know if I mean Steve Kerr has been in front offices before when he was in Phoenix, and I'm sure he has a large say in what goes on in um, in um, Golden State. But that's an interesting spot too. I mean, but then you're taking on three fat contracts and you got to worry about mm-hmm. luxury tax and this and that money. But I'm not worried. That's about the money. other thing too. If a guy wants to, be, yeah, it's not, it's not your money to spend. So like, yeah, yeah put them in every, put them in every, you Roll know, them everywhere. Same, everywhere. same token. These guys are billionaires, pay a little bit of tax to make your team better. But aside from the point, um, since we're talking about teams, Nick, and uh, I don't know if you heard the news, but uh, a lot of people are uh, really into investing these days. Oh, right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yes. Really into <laughs> investing. If you uh, if you watch the news, a lot of people are investing on GameStop because uh, they there's um, 
some stuff going on in there. I'm not a I'm not a stock analyst or a financial advisor in any way, so I <laughs> would not care to go into the logistics of it because I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, so if that interests you, look it up. But um, we're going to uh, do a stock check, a little buy and sell on uh on some NBA teams and some NBA players. And before we get started. This is tough to do because half the league is 500 or like two games with over yes. under 500. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'll let you start. We'll do right. buy first because you, it's always to fun buy to first? buy stuff. Yeah, buy first. Let All me right. know. What, are you, what are you buying, Nick? I'm going to buy... Um, I'll buy a... I'm going to buy the Charlotte... I'm, I'm going to buy Gordon Hayward on the Charlotte mm. Hornets. Um, okay. What, what a fit that has been for that for mm-hmm. that basketball team um a, a veteran who knows how to play with multiple skill players around him um you know he learned really well when, when he was in boston he learned um obviously when he was with with Kyrie, jason tatum jalen brown all the talent over there takes it over there to a young charlotte hornets team who's make, who's been surprised i mean i don't want to say surprising but surprising this year lamella ball's a stud who's balling mm-hmm. out and makes his team 10 times better. Miles Bridges is playing a great role, and it's really – that's kind of what's going on. Gordon Hayward's kind of spearheading the team. Um, you know, he's averaging oh, 23 points a game and 50% shooting from the field, 43 from three. You really can't ask for much more. You know, they, they gave big money, obviously, to, to sign him. Uh, I mean, the sign and trade, whatever. Uh, but still, he's been a great fit for that team, and I think he helps LaMelo Ball's kind of growth because – Gordon Hayward's a quiet guy. He's not going to be out there flashy doing whatever. So I think he's going to do well and keep um, LaMelo Ball pretty much, you know, even keel. But uh, the Charlotte Hornets in general, I mean, granted, uh, you know, they're, they're making a pretty good run this year in the East. I mean, they're eight, but whatever. They're 10 and 12. You don't really expect them to do too much more. And, it's, and it is the Eastern Conference. But still, I kind of buy the Hornets in the long run. I think next year the Hornets are going to be a team to, that are going to make a huge jump. Um, especially if they make a couple a couple moves, if you get a big man um, that can kind of make a di- the difference on the floor with rebounding, uh, posting up, trying to take on the opposing team's best big man when it comes to Embiid or Giannis or anybody like that. Uh, I think the I think the Hornets are, are a couple players away from from really making a huge jump, and I really buy they made a great move bringing Gordon Hayward. I thought they were kind of reaching getting Gordon Hayward. I'm not going to lie to you, um, mm-hmm. but it seems to be working out. The team is playing really well, playing with fire they're on the highlight reel almost every day with doing something crazy, the energy, mm-hmm. the athleticism, um, the excitement that the team brings. I mean, I can't really attribute it all to Gordon Hayward, but Gordon Hayward has been a viable piece of that offense. And I think he helps that team grow um, into a role that I think they're going to be in the NFC. They'll be in the East for a while. Oh, I just closed down half my stuff. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the, I think the Al, uh, Al Horford, Jesus. What are we talking about? (laughs) I'm digging into those. I I wanted to get into the Celtics team because he, he wasn't really dealt a a fair shake in, um, in Boston, uh, between the whole Kyrie stuff. There were other guys like Kyrie obviously wanted to be like the guy there and Jason Mm -hmm. Tatum and Jalen Brown are emerging as the guys and Gordon Hayward just never really found any consistent footing, especially after his, I mean, he got injured the first game, you know, 10 minutes into his into his new team debut and that and you know hindsight's 2020 but like that really Mm -hmm. I I feel like affected him and now he's got the opportunity in Charlotte to be the guy you know what I mean like he's absolutely 
yeah, he's their number one. Proving option. that he is worth that he is worth that money, that he's even worth the money that he got in Boston in the first place after mm-hmm. leaving Utah. Like this is a guy that's going to be ultra efficient mm-hmm. um, from the floor. He's going to, he, I don't know if he's ever going to dazzle you, but he's going to look up. You're going to look up at a stat line when you're playing the, the Hornets and he's going to have 26 points. And you're like, where the hell that happened? Yeah. Yeah. I, he's, he's posting pretty much like career highs in, in almost every stat. So, mm-hmm. but like you said, what- I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard buying him because mm-hmm. I think that is going to, elevate a lot later and like you said with with the way his career kind of ended in boston um you know he gets that injury and he fights it takes him a year and a half to fight back um he starts playing again on a minutes restriction he's and then he's on like he's playing for the second team pretty much all all season and then when he's back to full strength he doesn't find he doesn't have a spot on the offense behind jason tatum uh Kyrie, and and even jalen brown and even marcus smart he didn't couldn't find any footing i mean yeah he was still efficient he's still putting up 18 a game whatever he was doing but now he has a chance to be the guy. He's fully healthy. He's the guy. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's got a young team around him to help boost him up, and I, I love it. I love it. I love the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets. If you want to, if it, it, I don't think this was, this wasn't my buy or sell. I don't know if it's a, a second one of yours, but I, I would. I like Charlotte. I think they have a lot of pieces there that are very interesting to project going forward i mean mm-hmm. terry rosier even is having a career year under james borrego in in charlotte and that's a guy that's always been like kind of high volume shaky score he's trying to be starting to put some things together and it's really showing on the court mm-hmm. for uh for the charlotte team plus they have one of the better courts in the nba like the, the their jerseys are also like fresh. the gray and the blue yeah the, yeah that's what you get when you have michael jordan as your uh as, as your owner, owner yeah yeah um okay so i if i gotta i gotta buy hmm, it's a tough one i'm gonna sell miami um i think miami this year has been obviously they're seven and 13 they're 13th in the east and they've really struggled to find their footing this season and they've been ravished by um health and safety protocols i'm pretty sure jimmy butler missed 10 games or Mm -hmm. something along those he missed a significant amount of time and jimmy butler is the lifeblood of that team right he makes them tick uh they don't win without jimmy butler and it shows um but like moving forward i i i know they made the finals last year and i know this was like the heat culture team this was like the they're going to be a force for everybody but like i just don't see it you know what i mean like no, obviously I mean, bam out bam Adebayo has grown into like a star mm-hmm. in this league i don't think he's in the uh, top tier pyramid with like Jokic and Embiid, um or as good defensively as a guy like gobert but he's like right there if you ask me who i'd rather have gobert or bam out of i tell you bam out of bio like 10 yeah. times out of 10. Yeah. Um, but there's just some dudes on this team that like, I don't, I don't know like what they are. Precious Achua at the beginning of the season was getting minutes and he kind of looked like, uh, he kind of looked like Montrezl Harrell 2.0, but he's, I don't know. He's, he's only getting on the, on the court for 15 minutes a game. Right. And Eric Spolster is one of those guys that he's going to play whoever gives him the best chance to win. So like, if he's not getting more than 20 minutes, I don't know if he's, you know, worth the spot right now. They've missed Avery Bradley. Um, 
they've missed a little bit of Goran Dragic. Tyler Hero's been in and out of the lineup. Myers Leonard just is out now. But like, to like these guys on this lineup aren't that like to me that inspiring. That they're obviously talented and together they work mm-hmm. really well. But if mm-hmm. they're going to be in and out and in and out of the lineup, especially being in Florida with self and it's health and safety protocols. They're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they go as far as they do last year. So I'm going to, I'm going to sell this. Yeah. I mean, I got to, I got to agree. I, I think last year with the way the, for, uh, the playoffs and the finals were, was formatted, um, you know, played into their strength. You're, you're in a gym, uh, you're hanging with your boys and that that's kind of all it really is. And there was a huge layover and, you know, they, they didn't have to go anywhere. Um, I, I don't really think them. I didn't even think the Miami Heat were that good last year. I think they kind of just got lucky. Tyler, Tyler Hero was a flamethrower. Duncan Robinson was a flamethrower. Um, Bam Adebayo was on another level. Jimmy Butler was on another level. You knew they had to come down at some point. Um, mm-hmm. They I don't think they have the pieces yet to necessarily make that jump. Whether they need to make a move or not, I don't know. Or you, you wait to see if Tyler Hero can develop even further and kind of um, keep it rolling. Um but what else do they really have? That's kind of really it. Kelly Olynyk is just kind of Kelly Olynyk, and um, now you're relying on uh, on two young guys with with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to pretty much carry your offense because Jimmy Butler can only do so much. I mean, he'll he'll play make and do that for you, um, but you really need those players around him to make those open shots when you got the chance. And like I said, last year in the playoffs, they they made. They shocked the world. I mean, they didn't shock the world because it was they, they, it was weird because they were kind of nobody. And then before coming into the finals, everyone was pre- predicting them to, to you know win the fi- win the championship, and they got all the mm-hmm. way there and they you know t- handled everybody with pretty much ease. Um, I don't think it carries over. I'm not really impressed with what I've seen from them this year. Uh, so I 100 I got to agree, and I, I would sell them too. All right. All right. Oh, I'm, you want uh, okay? So so, so while, while we're on the selling topic. Oh, I'm going to sell the number one seed in the Western Conference, the Utah Jazz. Mm. Um, okay. I I am a huge Jazz hater. Um, I do not mm. think the Utah Jazz are good. I never thought they were good, and I still don't think they're good. Um, they're hot right now. I'll give it to them. They're hot. Donovan Mitchell's playing uh, real well. Joe Ingles is, is shooting the lights out. Um, right now, Jordan Clarkson is a sixth man of the year. He's averaging 17 points off the bench. Um, you have Mike Connolly averaging 17. Um, Joe Ingles is, is, is putting up threes left and right. And I think they cooled down at some point. And uh, what else do they really have? I mean, Donovan Mitchell has been carrying this team pretty much his whole career. And all of a sudden now there's these, you know, these pieces are clicking. I don't think it converts. I don't believe in Mike Connolly. Um, Jordan Clarkson is having a good year this year. Do I think it's going to sustain? Not really. You get to the finals, I think, or you get to the playoffs. I think they kind of get stomped around. Um, but they have the one seed now and listen, they were on what 11 game win streak, nine game win streak, and they were kind of tearing up the NBA. And mm-hmm. right now I think they have one of the best offensive ratings in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't think that continues. They're not an offensive driven team. So they're just kind of getting lucky or, you know, they're getting hot at the right point. And, you know, mm-hmm. with all these teams that get hot, they cool off. Uh, you don't get production. You don't get a real offensive production at a, at a Rudy Gobert. We've seen him, um, you know, just kind of flop offensively and not really do anything on, on the offensive side of the basketball. And that kind of puts a whole that stops your team. So you figure Gobert doesn't really do much. Mike Connolly starts slowing down because he's like 80 years old. 
Bogdan Bogdanovich can only do so much. Joe Ingles can only shoot threes, and he also looks like he's 80 years old. What else do you have? You get to bring Jordan Clarkson off the bench to try to give you a spark with him and Donovan Mitchell? I don't think it works out. Um, I don't believe – I mean, they're playing well this year. Do I think it fizzles out 100%? When is it going to fizzle out? I don't know. Um, they'll make the playoffs like they always do, and then they'll lose in the conference semis like they always do. I, I agree. They were on my sell list too, but um, yeah. I figured you were going for the Jazz, so I went for the Heat. Um, no, I mean, I, you hit the nail on the head, right? And my, my thing with this, my thing with the Jazz is they lead the NBA in three-point percentage right now. Um, they have the fifth offensive rating in the league, fifth defensive rating in the league, um, tenth in points per game, third in opponents' points per game. Uh, and that's all straight available on a on basketball reference, just like off the rip. And that's kind of like a very high level view of what they are. But mm-hmm. if you look at this team, like it's the same thing as last year, right? And they took they they took Denver to seven games. Well, Denver took them to seven games, more like, but they had the position to, to beat Denver last year and they couldn't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the same team that they had last year. There's no additions Nothing. except for Derek favors who was on the team already like two years ago. So mm-hmm. I, for me, they're hot as hell right now. Like they are <laughs> clicking on all cylinders and like Donovan Mitchell can take that next step. That's acceptable. I'll buy that him mm-hmm. taking that next step. But like we've seen Jordan Clarkson in this league for six years now. And this What's is what he, done? he does. He gets hot. He gets cold. So while I agree with you right now, if the season ended today, he's a six man of the year mm. uh, and, and the jazz of the one seed, obviously. But like for me, I, I, I don't buy it either. I mean, we he, know what we're going to get from this team. And exactly. when it comes to the playoff time, Gobert is going to get picked on in isolation situations where he's going to be defending a guard on the perimeter. And they can't afford that. No. Um, This is the team they're stuck with. This is the team they got. And they're making the most of it right now. And they're hot as hell. So kudos to them. But I don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, you talk term. about how hot you talk about how, how hot they are. Royce O'Neal is shooting 46% from three. <laughs> He's their leading three-point shooter, Royce O'Neal. I mean, come on, come on, Mike Connolly. Player Royce O'Neal, but like Roy, probably not Connolly shooting forty percent. You have Donovan Mitchell shooting forty percent, Bogans shooting forty percent, and Joe Ingles shooting forty-four. I mean, even Jordan Clarkson shooting thirty-eight is is pretty high, but it's not going to last. It's not going to last. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable. And like you said, they're running it back with the same exact team. Do you really expect a different result? They're just hot. I mean, I expected them to be a middle-of-the-pack Western Conference team, like always, and then just kind of mm-hmm. take a team as deep as, as far as they can and then just fizzle out like they always do. And like you they said, occupy. I do... Go ahead. Go ahead. You finish your thought. Finish your thought. I mean, all I was going to say is I do buy the Donovan Mitchell taking the next step, hyping, you know, mm-hmm. all, all the uh, all the props to that guy for, for you know, balling out and, and, and yeah. being – a, a no name out of the draft and coming out and being a baller. Um, but everybody mm-hmm. else, I, I'm not the team. The thing is I'm not sold on the team. I'm sold on Donovan. I'm not sold on the team. Yeah. They occupy the same space for me in like the, the Western conference. So obviously up top Lakers Clippers, right? Lakers can go up top Clippers a little bit right behind them. I think it's closer than everybody makes it out to be, but so be it. Uh, and then right under them, you know, Denver, Utah, Portland, Phoenix, if you want to throw Memphis in there, I don't know if I would yet, but Memphis could be in there. But that, you know, that type of team, you know, Houston mm-hmm. with a James Harden uh, is in that second tier. But like now they obviously don't have James Harden, but, you know, so be it. 
Um, which brings me to my first buy. And I believe this is going to be another team. Yep, it's going to be another team. And I'm glad I mentioned them. I'm buying the Houston Rockets. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, listen, as a Nets fan, I love James Harden. Right. Even when he was on the even when he was on the the um Okay, so Rockets. Like I, I, I can appreciate, I can appreciate James Harden. But I mean, well, yeah, OKC too. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. when everybody loved him when he was coming off the bench <laughs> and scoring, you know, 19, 20 points a game, and like, you know, being the difference maker on that team. Uh, and then when he went to Houston, it was like, I'm going to take ISO stepbacks and win this team games because he had to. And I, I liked watching that. A lot of people don't, but I liked watching it. Uh, and now he's with the Nets, but. This isn't a Nets discussion. This is a Houston Rockets discussion. Um, I'm buying them, not only because they have every single Nets pick now until the end of time, and that's probably a good investment, but even the players they have on the roster right now, right? You look at it, I feel like everybody on this team has been counted out in some way. You know what I mean? Like, DeMarcus, like DeMarcus Cousins, when he was in Sacramento, he was a center with a loud mouth and all like very talented. And then he tore his Achilles and then he had to struggle to latch onto championship teams. And now here he is in Houston making contributions. PJ Tucker was out of the league. John Wall tore his Achilles and was a cast off. Oladipo has been on five teams in seven years. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Eric Gordon was on those Lob City Clippers teams. He was kind of booed out. You know, Jay Sean Tate was in Australia last year. Christian Wood, undrafted, made a name for mm. himself. Well, these dudes yeah. are all like, these dudes are all like, they've counted us out for years. Let's go and just play basketball. You know what I mean? Like us, it's it's us versus them is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I-, I feel like they have, they are right now, they are fourth in pace. They are eighth in opponents points per game and they have the second best defensive rating in the NBA. And I don't think that's by accident. Uh, and I think the offense is going to come around because they hired Steven Silas, right? And Steven Silas prior to being the Houston Rockets head coach and well-respected around the league was the clock that made the Mavericks go last year. He was their offensive coordinator per se. We don't really have that in, in basketball necessarily, but he was managing that offense. And I think his loss to, to, to Dallas really, you know, really hurt them. And obviously it's, it's helping Houston. If you gave me this roster at the beginning of the year with the way they've played and this Steven Silas, who's never had a coaching job before, but it's been around the league, I would tell you they're probably like a 30 win team something like that but yeah and they still very well may be but right now they're playing well but i'll buy the stock because even if even if they lose their next 60 some odd games in a row they have all the nets picks till the end of time so which is is always good to have in the back pocket especially if Mm -hmm. you know if if somewhere down the road like next year um they want to make a move for you know a big time player at the deadline now you have like brad beal you have all these picks to back it up (laughs) um I mean, you highlighted Christian Wood before, and I think Christian Wood is is arguably the best signing of this offseason. And I remember when he was mm-hmm. a free agent, um, I did I, I wanted the Celtics to sign him. He was he's a great big man, versatile, who can put it out, you know, t- who could put the ball on the floor and take it all the way up the court. He's great in pick mm-hmm. and roll. He's mobile. He has good. De- 
I can't say enough about him. He's averaging 22 points and 10 rebounds this year. I mean, come on, ridiculous. Depot, you know, I, I honestly I wasn't sure what I was going to get out of Victor Olin Depot this year. He's been an up and down player. You said how he's been counted out his whole career, which he has, and now he's finding comfort there, which is good. John Wall finding comfort there. Um, I do I think they need to make a couple moves? Yes, but for what we have now, right in front of us for the Houston Rockets, it's just meshing well on the court. I mean, you see them playing a game. Um, and it just looks like they're all meshing and they're having a good time out there. And, you know, with the whole James Harden drama in the beginning of the season um, with him not wanting to play and want off the team, mm-hmm. I'm not going to show up to whatever, you know, all the disappointment, all, all the the uh, uh, the heat that that team took from the media um, with James Harden and then getting him off that team was just a huge sigh of relief. They could do whatever mm-hmm. they want. They're having a good time. And they're playing pretty well. I mean, they're 10th in the West, but like even being 10 in the West isn't that bad with what you've just lost and, and where you were, you know, a year or two ago with Chris Paul and, and Trevor Reza and James Harden and making the playoffs and, and you know, kind of balling out and having Clint Capella. I mean, that team was stacked. They had a great team. And, you know, granted, they're doing whatever now and the team isn't the same. But like you said, if you show me this team at the beginning of the year, I'm probably going to say, ah, I don't know where you're going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Um I give Steve Silas a whole bunch of credit. I give, um, I, I mean, I'm going to have to give John Wall credit because I'm assuming he's the leader on that basketball team is putting all this stuff together. Um, I, I can't say enough about the Houston Rockets. I'm very happy and I'm very glad that they're taking this jump. The only complaint I have about them is I do not like their city edition H-Town jerseys. I don't like seeing the Houston Rockets. Uh, the blue ones? Baby. I do not like seeing nah, the Houston Rockets like baby either. blue. I don't like you need to give them something that's not baby blue because it's just not a Houston yeah. Rockets color. Um, that's yeah. my only complaint. Use those picks. Um, I think they should trade for a, another big star, whether it's a big man or or a shooter. That's going to put you, you know, into contention. Um, they have the picks. They have the ca- the salary cap, I believe, probably. Um, well, then they have to re-sign Victor Oladipo at the end of this year. That's that's another problem. Um, but still, they're in a good position. They're in a great position. I mean, you just gave mm-hmm. up the, arguably the best player in the NBA, and you put yourself in just as good of a position as you were before. They've won more games without him than they won with him. So what are you going to do? He's th- That team's been impressive to me, like, re- like really. And Christian Wood, I, I liked watching him last year in Detroit, but I chalked it up to, to – bad team somebody needs to take the shots you know what i mean and this guy's a free agent and like i don't know he's probably well liked in the locker room so i'd, I'd imagine Dwayne casey was just like i right, like just just go show me what you yeah. got you know what i mean and he did and he bet on himself and he i don't and he, he didn't get a max contract but he got you know he got pretty fair money for a center in this league and he's i'd put him in upper echelon after watching him this year and seeing what he's been able to do uh, in addition to what he did last year Mm-hmm. small sample size but i'll put him up there i like christian wood i love christian wood and ugh, god I, I mean he would be a great fit on a lot of different teams especially what he's doing this mm-hmm. year. but um mm-hmm. i think he's gonna take that team he's gonna be that piece i mean they're not gonna build around him but now you don't have to worry about getting another big man you know you, you just kind of worry about putting the pieces around the big man because you don't have to worry about that because i don't think like the Celtics pull this shit where they don't have a, you know, they don't have a big center, big power forward to grab the rebounds or take the big guy. And that's their downfall. Now, at least the, the, uh, the Rockets have this big guy to grab the rebounds while the, the small shooters run up the floor. And, you know, he can even put the ball on the floor and make a play, be the floor general. While mm-hmm. All these guys are getting open on fast breaks. So. Sweet. Houston, Houston. Do you, have, do you have one? Do you have one more or. Did um, we cover it? 
I mean, I no, I did. I I got my my buy and my sell. You got your buy and sell. I got my buy and sell. So to summarize here, I bought the Rockets and sold the Heat. Nick, you bought the. I bought Gordon Hayward and the Charlotte Hornets. You bought Gordon Hayward. There you go. And then I I'm and you sold the, the Jazz. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Houston Jazz. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sell the Utah Jazz every day for the rest of my life. I am never gonna buy the the Utah Jazz. You will if you ever catch me buying the Utah Jazz, you know there's something going on. <laughs> call for help. Yeah, call for help. <laughs> help I've fallen and All I right. can't get up. It's a joke, man. There's no way. I, I can't. I can't. I sold the Jazz last year in the playoffs, and I'm gonna sell them again. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it. I sold the Nuggets last year uh, when we did that, and it kind of it kind of bit me. But uh, uh, well, listen, I, I can't predict two straight three-one comebacks, man. I can't. So. No, no. And, <laughs> and you mentioned the Nuggets, and I every time we talk about the Nuggets, I have to bring this up. Nikola Jokic is the best center in the league. Okay, <laughs> anybody who disagrees and thinks Embiid is better, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. You're not gonna you, Embiid. I don't get a hundred percent effort out of Embiid. You know the whole game. He play, He can only play half of the the game, and he and he'll still be gassed. You can leave Jokic in there all game. You're gonna see Jokic making these dimes. He's gonna be grabbing every board. He's gonna be making plays offensively and defensively. I think that. The 76ers without Embiid are better than the Denver Nuggets without Jokic. I think Jokic is the better mm. player. Um, I think Jokic is the best center in the league. He could do it all, shoot. I mean, I've seen him make wild shots. You've seen him make these football touchdown passes. You've seen him grab these boards and take people on defensively. He's not lazy. He's a likable guy. He doesn't talk crap. He's a good – all right, I'm not going to rant because then I'm going to go and I'm not going to No, you're good. You're good. Um, just what, what, since you brought it up, basketball reference has a 2021, uh, NBA MVP award tracker right now. It's Jokic number one, probability about 43%. Number two is Embiid, uh, at 21% followed by Kawhi, LeBron James, uh, Giannis, Kevin Durant, AD, Paul George, Dame Lillard, and Rudy, Rudy Gobert, uh, and Rudy Gobert. You know, I'm not going to lie at the beginning of the season, actually the, the first week or so, um, I was kind of sold on Steph Curry being an MVP again this year. Um, he went on, yeah, you can, yeah, he went on like a three game stretch where he was just dropping like 30 plus, um, just dropping bombs from like 65 feet out, just uh, unreal. And Mm -hmm. the Warriors were winning basketball games. Oh, we're like the, how are these Warriors winning basketball games? And I think they were on a roll and then Wiseman got hurt. And now Kevon Looney is going to be out for an extended amount of time. And now it's like, well, shit, what's, what's Steph Curry going to do with what he's dealt with now? Can he deal with it? But he was making a serious case for MVP. Um, still with the best shooter in the league, the best point guard in the league. But mm-hmm. I, I'm scared for next year. I mean, this guy doesn't seem to get any worse. He just seems to get better. Like, I, I don't know how. I don't know how. And I think he should be in the MVP conversation just because he is the most valuable player to that team. I mean, you take him off that team, that team is just so, so bad. I mean, they just, they just gave the Celtics a run for their money two days ago. Like, mm-hmm. uh, because he's hitting these shots that you, he, he's just pulling up from from like 80 feet out, just taking a little yeah. up the half court and just pulling up and knocking it down, man. And he's making them. And he, yeah, he's making them. For him to to not be on this MVP ladder is, is I think it's egregious because I, I agree with you. I mean, he's the only player. I, I tend to vote for MVP or I, I obviously don't vote, but when I pick a player for MVP, when I gamble on it, I 
tried to do like if you took this guy off this team, what are they? You know what I mean? And to that point, LeBron James would win the MVP like every single year for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Um, but this year, like Steph Curry's going to, if they want to be a player, even if they're of like a, a top playoff seed, like one through four, home home court advantage. I don't know if what they're gonna do this year, but if a home court advantage team like it's because of him. It's not because of Kelly Oubre or Andrew Wiggins or James Wiseman. It's because of him and Draymond, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with with hands, with the occasional help from from those guys, right? Obviously, they're not invaluable, but Steph Curry is the lifeblood of this team. Um, I have a futures bet on Kevin Durant to win MVP. Um, very unbiased um, <laughs> bet place there, but no, but. Um, that, that it, I mean, even though it's you're a Nets fan, you see the numbers, and I see it all mm-hmm. over Twitter with with them comparing his his MVP year to what he's doing this year, and it's outstanding. I mean, most I mean that's comeback player of the year right there. He's argued easily. It's it's easy. I mean, his numbers are crazy. You take him off that team, what are the Nets? I mean, the Nets can barely do it with without him right now, or when when he was out for back to back games, whatever it was. Um, I mean, what'd you get it at? Plus what? 300? I was at, hold on. I got to log into my, my fan duel here, but yeah, to, I mean, to your point, he was, I mean, he's, he's obviously one of the better players in the league. And the big question this year was, what is he going to do, you know, coming off a, a, an Achilles injury like this? And it, it it's tough for everybody to project what you are like coming off an injury like that it's plus 2000 now see that's good money Mm -hmm. i put like 20 bucks on it so i I thought it was i thought it was good value but yeah when you project the guy to come back from an achilles injury especially one that relies a lot on athleticism um like kevin durant he's you you wouldn't even know he had an achilles injury if they didn't mention it every broadcast that he's on you know i mean like it's it's phenomenal for him and i think the nets did the right thing by going out and getting james harden to kind of supplement that because now you can rest any combination of those guys and still have a top x player on Mm -hmm. the team um if you sit KD, it's Kyrie and James Harden. If you sit James Harden, who doesn't sit, by the way, doesn't nope. miss games. Nope. Um, it's it's Kyrie and KD. But like, I don't know. I'm excited to watch the Nets not only as a fan but as like a basketball like as fan, a team. As a team. I, I, listen, yeah. you're right. As as a fan of basketball, it's always like I mean, as much as people hated the Warriors when they had KD, I mean. That was a fun team to watch. I mean, they're knocking down shots left and right. They do whatever they want on the on the on the court mm-hmm. transition, whatever the hell they want. They're shooting the lights out. How is that not fun to watch? Yeah, and at the and their games are always fun because they don't play defense, right? And defense is an effort. Defense is <laughs> defense is like half effort, half predictability, and like they just don't put the effort there, which is fine because they're superstars in this league and they can give up a two on one end and turn around and pull up from thirty five out and make a three on the other end. It doesn't make a difference. Mm. Um. But they're excited to watch. So the last thing we have planned here, Nick, is uh, last year we did trivia. This year we're doing the nickname game. Patent pending. (laughs) Name pending. (laughs) The nickname game. So basically what this is, is I'm a big fan of basketball reference, right? I think it's the conglomerate of like everything that you 
30,000 feet need to know about basketball. And even if you want to dive in deeper, they have it really available for you. NBA.com slash stats is good, really good for that too. But what I really like about basketball reference is I can go to a guy like LeBron James, his page, right? And they'll list nicknames for him. So LeBron James's nicknames, look, King James, LBJ, Chosen One, Bron Bron, Little Emperor, Akron Hammer, L Train. So I thought it was Holy fun. Shit. I've never heard him be called the Little Emperor, right? L Train. L Train. That's pretty cool. But um Right. I thought it would be fun, Nick, if this oh year we found a random player, a new player, you and I, every single recording, and do a two truths and a lie version with their nicknames. So, for example, with LeBron James, right? If I was picking LeBron James, two truth and a lie type nickname style would be King James, the prodigal son of Akron, and chosen one. Which is the fake nickname? The prodigal son of Akron. Easy enough. Bing, bing, bing. So with that, Nick, I'll let you start first so I can get to my other player page. All right. All right. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Mr. Mustachio. Who's the player? Who's the player? Who's the player? I thought you're guessing the player. No, no, no. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I'm guessing the nickname. Okay. So the the player is Steven Adams. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay we got mr mustachio uh-huh big kiwi okay and aquaman mr mustachio the big kiwi and aquaman Ooh. well i know okay so he looks like aquaman i don't know the actor's name but he looks like him yes he does so i'll give him that okay and he's from new zealand so i can buy the big kiwi so okay. is is, but I know that mustache. His mustache there. game is ridiculous. It was ridiculous when he was young in this league, and he was doing like the handshake celebration with Nick Collison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, I know he used to just have a mustache. <sighs> the big kiwi. That's tough. Dude, shouts to you. I'm going the big kiwi. I'm going the big kiwi. The big kiwi is the fake nickname. The Big Kiwi is not the fake nickname. Mr. Mustachio Dang is the fake nickname. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's good tough. for you that's for tough. putting New Zealand and Kiwi together. I would have never yeah, put that Yeah, no, together. I got it. I got it. I'm a professional. I, I, listen. I, I've, never I, heard, I've never heard Stephen Adams be called the Big Kiwi. <laughs> I've never either, but like I could put the, I could put two and two together here. <laughs> all right. So, all right, Nick. Oh, that guy's only got one nickname. That's lame. Get more nicknames, Jay Crowder. Mm. clam chowder yeah damn i really wanted to use jay crowder because i thought i thought he'd have some nicknames he's been in the league for a little bit he's uh all right oh this guy's oh. only got one nickname too i'm oh. struggling right here i was about to pick d'lo but all d'lo's right. only got one nickname too all right you want me to give you let me give you one for kelly Ubre. okay all right Tsunami Poppy, <laughs> EQ, or Shot? GQ or Shot? What or was the first Tsunami one? Tsunami Poppy. 
Bro, I see so much Kelly Oubre stuff on Twitter that I would not be surprised if Tsunami Poppy was his actual name. Um, hmm. GQ. GQ. GQ is the lie. GQ is the lie. Okay. God, I'm struggling to find players with nicknames here. I wanted to get I wanted to get real deep, but uh Okay. All right. So my player, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, Jesus. Swipe. Uh, yeah, so he's got he's got Swipe, the general, or Foxy. Okay, so I know Swipe. Foxy makes sense because of Fox, and General makes sense because he's the point guard. I'm going to go the General's alike because I could see the announcer calling him Foxy. Oh, here goes Foxy down the court. No. No Foxy's the lie. Yeah, Swiper, the General, and Quick were his three nicknames on uh... <laughs> Quick. Yeah, Quick. You know we have a manual quickly in the league now, so like I, I think we might have <laughs> yeah. to. I think we might have to. I think we might have to shift that Shove one. Shove it but, off to uh, somebody else. Yeah, I will be wow. more prepared and try to find a player with a nickname with more than more than wow. one nickname on their on their page for next Quick. time. But, uh, what what a stupid nickname! <laughs> That's a tough one. That's Just a tough one. Stupid. It's just stupid. 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 Oh, uh, okay. I got another one for you since you gave me two. Same right. Sacramento Kings team, right? I got Buddy Healed. Okay. All right. All right. Buddy the I Elf. Got... I got to find a new nickname now because that's what I was going to do. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I got to keep my mouth that's shut. Okay. I got to keep that's my mouth okay. shut. I got, okay. We got Buddy Love, Buddy Buckets. Or Big Buddy. What? Big Buddy. What was the first one? Buddy Love. Buddy Love. Buddy Buckets. Big Buddy. I'll give you Buddy Fresh, too. Make it a little harder for you. All right, I'm going to say Buddy Love is the fake name. No, Buddy Love. Real name. Big oh, Buddy what? was the fake one. What is? Buddy Love is a real one. Big Buddy was the fake one. Oh my. I thought I could, I, th- I thought I thought Big Buddy was a pretty good lie because I can imagine someone like like a like a uh, like a De'Aaron Fox being in a post game interview like yeah Big Buddy out here really helped us out here you know you know what I mean I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good nickname. What's his What's his <laughs> real name? Um, Shavano Rainier Healed. Huh. All right, buddy is a lot easier to say than well, buddy is a lot easier. <laughs> all right, Nick. I think that's all the time we got. So uh, I'll let you go back to your uh, daily life. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Nick, plug your uh, plug your plug your Twitter. Uh, well, Twitter at Tobias underscore Nick. You can go follow my Instagram, Nick underscore Tobias. If you really feel like it, if you use Action Network, you can go on my Action Network. I think it's Nick underscore Tobias or Tobias and something like that. You can see what I'm placing bets with every day, even if I even if I don't mm-hmm. post anything. Um, follow us, Caps on Sports, Caps on Sports, Caps on Sports, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, well, not Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, um, and then whatever Mano's got. 
Just my Twitter, man. Burner of Anthony. Bang. Uh, it's been fun, Nick. I'm looking forward to talking the NBA with you for the rest of the season. Hopefully, there's some more news, some good stuff to talk about. But oh, uh, yes, sir. Until next time. The association. Peace. Yes, sir. <laughs>